Hey, it's Mac, and this is uh, an evening um, episode. I'm recording this later on in the day, so we're going to start things out with some more mellow vibes. Uh, I'm going to be catching up with a really wonderful friend who is a brother in the Society of Jesus, uh, so a Jesuit that I met in Chuuk, Micronesia. Um, but while we wait to get online with him, we're going to listen to um, Orbit by an artist named Now. Her work is really beautiful, so enjoy that. Audio Fidelity Records presents a new stereophonic sound spectacular. The world of stereo is filled with spectacular sound surprises. saying stereo is full of surprises. In an instant, stereo can magically transport you to the concert hall or to a bowling alley. Or to a jazz band ball. Here's a vocalist we all know. So cold, so sweet, so vast. All of us are born with the miraculous ability to determine the direction from which sounds approach us. We are able to tell in an instant where a particular sound comes from.
Oh my goodness, is that brother Irwin coming up the stairs? emotional need to be able to orient ourselves in terms of sound sources. Erwin? Hello? Hi! What's up? Everything's under control. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. How I'm are you? Let me, let me put my headphones. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds wonderful to me. All right. Let me look at the questions I have for you, sir. I'll just be here chatting with my computer because um, my radio audience is listening or will be when this airs. Oh no, the call failed. No, let's do it again. Let's see, we just lost the call with Erwin, so let's try it again. Late night interview session. Well, it's not that late. It's reasonable. A reasonable time in the day. It's been a good day. Getting a lot accomplished. Mmm. Okay, let me see. Maybe I should try the other way. Technical difficulties. Oh, such is life. Okay. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Hello. Hello. <laughs> okay. How are you, Erwin? I'm doing well. Great. Thank you. Healthy. I'm glad you're healthy. Uh, I'm. I'm just released from the quarantine, self-quarantine, uh, and I took a rapid test on COVID-19, and I was proven uh, innocent, <laughs> <I was> proven <laughs> healthy of the, the pandemic, yeah. I'm glad that you were uh, innocent, <laughs> ever innocent. That's, where are you that, now? Where am I? I'm in New York. Um in Buffalo. I see. Yes, yes, in Buffalo. Uh, I'm not from here, so this is a little, this is, yeah. yeah, this is a, this is different for me, for sure, but it's okay. Yeah. I like it. It's not bad. It's a charming place. Um, no complaints. Um, charming. But, I believe that is. Yes, Charming. Like a like a Disney movie character, like one of the, <laughs> you know, like a Disney princess or something. Charming. No, it yeah. it, it, it has yeah. it has um character. Like there are lots of bars and restaurants that are kind of like unique to the area, which I like. And then like you see a lot of pride flags. It you know, 
uh, gayness is liked here. I'm like, that's what's up. I see. I see. see. (laughs) You're like, I see. You're like parting your hair and like looking at me with one eye. Yeah. You're like, I see you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Oh, there's a a lot of things to see there, right? Yeah. No, it's the. Yeah, great. Oh my goodness. I'm glad you. What? Quiet there. Oh, you said fun or quiet? Due to the pandemic. Oh yeah, things are not. People stay at home. Yes, I've been home a bit, and like a like the funny thing is, I just stopped working. Um, maybe only Uh, only a little over a week ago. Um, because I'm a, I, I was doing childcare and we were classified as essential workers because you have EMTs, first responders, firefighters, doctors, nurses, who, and cops and all these other people who have to go to work in order to handle the pandemic. And they have kids, some of them. And so they have been the active duty military. So we were still taking care of kids up until just a few, just a week ago. So I just stopped working um, very recently. But some people, like we had some teachers who have kids who were going to the center where I was at, who are like off until like Easter. It's wild. Uh, yeah. It's wild, yeah. Yeah. So. So people bring their kids to you. Well, not right now. Like, if I had a babysitting gig, like, if I was, like... There were these books when I was a kid called The Babysitter's Club. If I was, like, a 14-year-old mm-hmm. babysitter, I could watch all of the... Mm-hmm. T- <laughs> watch all the children and make, like, $10 an hour doing it. You know? Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Erwin, Wow. Wow, look at us getting along. The last time I saw you, I was nearly in tears at the airport. What? We were in the airport, right? Yeah, 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 because I was in Pompeii, and it was my lucky, 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 lucky strike. You know I'm a lucky duck, a lucky cricket, Um, even. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was... Quite a scene. <laughs> it was it was really something. I think you slapped me. That's the only time you ever slapped me. A Jesuit brother slapping a poor waif, a poor thin waif. No, like, <laughs> no but um, you because I forgot what I said. I said something something because I was sad, but I was trying to be funny. It was something along the lines of, "Oh, now you got you guys don't have to worry about me bothering you all the time because I'm almost always bothering you." <laughs> Oh my god! And then you bother each other in life. Yeah. No, remember because I would always, uh, I'd be, I would be living in y'all's office, your officina, and then you slapped me. Wow! Wow! Wow, Erwin. (laughs) Oh my goodness! What? Where? So you're in Yap. Um, How is Yap? How are you liking Yap? No. You're not in Yap. I'm not in Yap. Where are I'm you? I'm in Japan, but I'm back to Indonesia. Okay, so you're in Indonesia. Are you? Is it just you? You're with? You're alone, or are you with your family? No, Siwi. Siwi is with me. 
she was with me and we stay in the Jesuit community or Jesuit house in Jakarta, yeah. Sweet, okay. I wish that I can, I can go to see my family, but uh, I'm not able right now due to the pandemic. Uh, yeah. I should take a train for about five hours from oh here, the capital, to the province. So, yeah. Wow. Can't make it. Wow. Don't, now, yeah. don't feel bad. I can't see my family either. Like, I wanted to see my mom. Yeah. I, it's it's really not recommended for you to see, like, people who are middle age going towards being senior. Because it could make them very sick if you are... Um, asymptomatic and maybe have the virus but you're young and healthy and resilient and it's not bothering you you could maybe pass it along yeah. by accident so yeah believe me i i understand yeah. um i've been reaching out to a lot of my friends through social media or like voice calls or video calls but i haven't really like seen people so i i i understand <laughs> Very well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh That's my God. the real fear, the main fear of it, that we become the carrier to others, especially those the elders. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Wow. So were you in YAP? No, I wasn't. So okay. I flied directly from Chu okay. to Guam. And then it was a long route. It took two days for CV and I to yeah. fly back to Indonesia through Manila and Singapore. Oh my goodness. Because there was no direct flight from Manila to Jakarta at the time. Yeah. Due to the pandemic. Yeah. So when we were in the plane, there was almost no one there. So it was like a private jet. Oh my. <laughs> you are so fancy, yeah. sir. <laughs> what? A private jet? Passing through yeah. Singapore? No, no. It's, not, it's not just Siri and I, but there's some others too, but there are a lot of empty chairs, yeah. Oh my empty goodness. That's I mean, that sounds, that sounds surreal. I think that's the word everyone is using right now. It's bizarre. It's surreal. It's like... What is going on? Yeah. What is life? What is life? It's like a dream, you know? Uh, you're not sure if it's a yeah. good dream or a bad dream, but it is dream-like. Oh, my goodness. But I, I have so many questions. I want to know, like, what is Jakarta like? And have you lived there um, your whole life or and all of that good stuff? So, like... I've been... Yeah, I've been living here for about before I came to Micronesia. I lived here for four years. Yeah, for my bachelor degree in philosophy. Oh, yes. Of so you, you need imagine this place. It's a capital for developing countries like that. So they're they're uh, you can call it like very developed place in this city, but also they're slums. Oh. Yeah. Just like the Asian capital. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So traffic jams. Yeah. Is its most well known feature. <laughs> Pollution. Pollu oh, Motorcycle everywhere. Motorcycles. Yeah. It sounds incredible. I wanna go. <laughs> I yeah. I wanna go. I, you yeah. know, I yeah. um 
One of my friends, you might know her a little bit more like an acquaintance, Nanette. I call her Bananette. She, she, yeah, she visited and she showed me photos of the beautiful temples. They're gorgeous. I was like, oh my God, they look like the closest thing I could compare it to is like ziggurats, you know, because they have the steps and it, it, you like, you know, they're like these type of temples, uh, yeah. you know, the temples that yeah, they're like ziggurats. a staircase. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, beautiful, uh, incredible. Uh, you mean in Indonesia? I mean, I think, yeah, she she visited Indonesia, but she didn't cross paths with you or Siwi because she she I think she went like right before you first came um to chuk micronesia uh, yeah. yeah it yeah. was it was like when yeah. you were incoming and i hadn't met you yet it was like at the beginning of the yeah. year yeah. yeah wow what a life what an incredible place wow. so what what's your so uh did you grow up in jakarta or did you end up just moving there uh, I just moved here and lived for that four years I for see. my bachelor degree. Before I was from another province in central Java, still in the same island. Yeah. But it took it takes us for five hours by train. Hmm, that sounds cool. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. Very cool. So what? I had a couple of questions for you. I wanted to know. Oh yes, what do you have a favorite? like memory growing up of Indonesia? Like if you could tell someone about like what Indonesia was like for you as a kid or as a teenager, like something like, oh, that was a great memory. And I'll maybe share something with you um, if you want an example. So do you want to go first or should I go first? Uh, you can go Okay, so here, give me some example of your stories. Yeah, so one of when I was growing up, I lived in a house, it kind of like in the hood in Washington D.C. So Washington D.C. for a lot of people is like this fancy city, but like there are parts of it that are not that fancy and that are actually pretty ghetto. <laughs> yeah, and okay. I lived in the ghetto. But my family was lucky enough to own property, which is kind of a special thing in D.C. because no one really truly owns property. Like they let you it's it's like Monopoly or something. They let you hold the deed or have a mortgage and you can feel like you own it. But the government can take it away at any time they want to and kind of have a, a settlement with you because like it's a historic city and it's the nation's capital. And if they want to develop the land for something they can or whatever, and you have to just be like, okay, well now I don't have a house, (laughs) but we, you know, quote unquote owned a home. Um, but they had a mortgage and we were very poor (laughs) because it's a very expensive city and we were poor black people. (laughs) And and we had this, but but you are, uh, yeah, privileged. Yes, that Definitely. you have no, you own your place. Yeah, I know that was kind of. It's like we had a we had a lot of debt, but yeah, we were. Priv- I won't lie, we were privileged. Yeah. Um, we were privileged, and we had this really beautiful. One of my favorite things about living there is we had these beautiful plants. Like there were so many beautiful plants in the on the property. There were like these strange trees. We had fruit trees, which is so odd for like a city property. We had a cherry blossom tree which are special in D.C. because they were gifts from Japan um, to the U.S. as a sign of friendship. 
And like we had one in our front yard and like in the spring it would blossom and be pink and there would be petals in the grass and there would be like wild berries in the side yard. And like, I just loved the yard so much and I'd be running around and I think I thought I was a little boy. <laughs> you were a boy. Yeah, I was just like climbing on everything and like trying to attack my sister with long branches and like yeeting myself into the universe, just throwing myself around. And I was very flexible, so I never got too hurt. Oh my gosh, I was always climbing things. But that's my memory of growing up running around like a wild thing. <laughs> what about you? Okay. What, what's, your, what's one of your favorite Jakarta memories? Jakarta memories or my childhood memories? Or memory. childhood, childhood. If, if your childhood took you somewhere else, even more exciting and beautiful than Jakarta. I see. I think my, my story is in a lot of parts is marked by my experience of being a Chinese Indonesian, I guess. Yeah. So I think the color my life the most, mm. the way were being perceived by others and then how you identify yourself yeah in in the in the society in yeah. society i think that matters a lot so my parents are both chinese from my mom and father's side yeah Their families are both chinese yeah and let me give you more information to that so there is no tribe called Indonesian. Yeah. A, a tribe called Indonesian embraced. So Indonesia is a country, a developing country in the Southeast Asia. Yeah. The vastest one that we might not miss unless we slept in geographic class, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. I know, I know. I'm so yeah, bad. The other day I was I, I was chatting with uh language learning app with a mainland Chinese and then this girl she asked me where is Indonesia I don't know where Indonesia is and I said to her don't worry if you slept in your geography class oh you're so funny Erwin you're right though like it's located near Singapore Malaysia the Philippines yeah. Yeah. You're, yeah, you know, the location, right? Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Like, we should definitely do so much and more learning about um, Indonesia and, in general, Asia, um, the Asia and Pacific region of the world. It's it's not taught enough, honestly. And um, yeah. I wasn't taught enough growing up in school. They kind of, like, just kind of ignore that part of the world and focus a lot on... Uh Um, Uh a very narrow you know like the American South and all the American presidents and American history and some of the things Uh like you know with the world wars and stuff like that and you kind of get into the ancient civilizations but they don't really yeah I think that that part is lacking (sighs) I mean Uh I didn't didn't go to a good too many how how do I put it I went to a public school you know what I'm saying so (laughs) It was not. Oh <laughs> it was not the best school, you know. What I'm saying? 
my god. So like yeah, I, I think yeah. Given the setting of our our time, that our world is now more connected to each other due to the globalization and things. And the proof of that is this pandemic, I guess, learning more about geography, about places, more than just learning about our own country. I think it's it's very important yeah. for our days. Yeah. Yeah. That so, is... yeah. So, let me continue a little bit. So, it was, Indonesia was a colony of the Netherlands, and then until we gained independence in 1945 after the Second World War. So it is an archipelago state, very vast. Wow. It says that it consists of 12,000 islands with six biggest or main islands with various tribes in it. So there are like tribes like Japanese, Sundanese, Papua and Bata and some others, which has their own local language, but all speak Indonesian. Mm, okay. However, there there is no tribe called Indonesian like that. Yeah. So, therefore, actually, Indonesia is a national identity, or mm. as the prominent anthropologist Ben Anderson here called it, imagined community, like because we imagine being a community of we call it Indonesia. Yeah, yeah. And being Chinese, I believe, is part of that diversity. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, but since I was a kid, I can feel it already, like, the indiscriminatory, discriminatory uh, side of others like that. Yeah. So I can feel it already that I'm different like that. So, for example, I cannot go out and play soccer with other kids easily Yeah. in the... Feel different. You cannot go into that circle like that. Mm. You never know and cannot surmount that boundaries easily. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, I yeah. I didn't know. But the uh, yeah, the simple lining of that is that. Uh, since I was a kid, I was encouraged to learn no more about being Chinese overseas, including learning Chinese Mandarin. That's <laughs> That's very cool. Um, Mandarin is a really cool language. Is is it difficult? It is. Yeah, so my I, yeah. experience learning foreign languages, I think it's the most difficult language mm. to learn. Mm. Uh-huh. Uh, there, there's a very, what do you call it, epic story in my family. Yeah? About this, this experience of being Chinese-Indonesian. Yeah. Let's hear so, it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So this story happened in 1969. Oh. It was, the president at the time was Suharto. Okay. And he was a dictator. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Regime, yeah. So that time he made a policy that Chinese Indonesians should decide their nationality between Indonesian or Chinese nationality. 
Oh. Because these two countries have different policies in the past. Indonesia considers those who were born in Indonesia will have Indonesian citizenship like that. For example, you are born in Indonesia, then you have then you can have Indonesian citizenship. Yeah. While China has different policy says that if you are descendants of Chinese family, you can have uh, Chinese citizenships in the past. Yeah. So at that time, the government decided to send back some Chinese Indonesians to mainland China. Mm. Although some of them have no idea at all where China is, let alone having a relative to welcome them since yeah. Chinese people have been here for a long while. Yeah. Yeah, so the older brother of my grandpa, yeah. on my father's side, was among those who were sent to Hong Kong. Oh. And he started life from, from literally scratch, from zero. Yeah. Yeah, he worked as peasant at the time, I believe. That's so very cool. We still have contact with, with his family in Hong Kong until today. Yeah. Uh, sadly, he passed away two years ago, and some months ago, his wife came to Indonesia before the pandemic began. Yeah. So when Hong Kong was in chaos because of the protests for democracy in China, if you remember that news mm. at the time, yeah. Yeah, so if, if, let's say, that year, 1969, my grandpa decided to, to be part of that people being sent to China. I would yeah. not be here in this period. Oh. Never Cause, oh. Because he would be in Hong Kong and he maybe would have met someone else, yeah? And then it would be yeah. it would be someone you know, that's it's crazy you should say that. Sometimes I think about that with my dad. Because my dad immigrated from Haiti uh, to to America and I was like if he had stayed in Haiti, I wouldn't exist either. <laughs> So we, we both, if your grandpa went to Hong Kong, you wouldn't exist. And then if, I, yeah. <laughs> if my dad stayed in Haiti, I, I, I wouldn't exist. It's crazy. Um, wow. That's pretty, that's really yeah. cool, Erwin. Uh, mesmerizing story about our past, yeah. Yeah. No, it's really interesting. And, and thank you for like being patient and sharing with me um, the difference between the, the various uh, tribes and all the different islands that are part of the um, nation of uh, Indonesia. The um, I, I don't want to say it wrong. I think you said um, archipelago. Um, like just the thousands yeah, of islands. Like yeah, that. and just like explaining that because I I can admit myself that I am a bit ignorant with my geography and just knowing sometimes the difference between. Um, nationality ethnicity and and nuances with like tribe and clan and all these different things but i love learning new things and and um you're a good teacher and you have so much information <laughs> you're good at this what a good radio guest what that's incredible yeah. 
thank you that you do not fall asleep while I was no information. <laughs> no, you you know me like yeah. you got you're you are interesting and this is really nice because I I don't know if there was a, a time when I would have ever had a chance to really sit down and and ask you all these questions um, and listen to you talk at length because you you guys are always busy. And I, whatever, I would be doing whatever I was doing. But <laughs> but this is great. And I love this. What was the other thing I wanted to ask you about? I wanted to know, how did you know you wanted to be a Jesuit? And can you explain for whatever, you know, um, listener I may have that is not... Because I realize some of my friends who might listen to my podcast are not necessarily religious or not. They, they're not they may be Catholic but not familiar with the Society of Jesus or Jesuits or Ignatian faith so if you could explain like one what is the Society of Jesus and what is a Jesuit and then why did you decide or how did you know you wanted to like pursue religious life so I know that's a lot that's kind of a loaded bit but I'll be quiet for a while yeah <laughs> yeah yeah you can't you can pause me and stop me in while I'm telling you my stories like that. Yeah. Giving you some explanations. Anytime you have any questions in mind. Yeah. So I think we may start by like this. So the Society of Jesus is a religious order, or you may call it congregation, mm-hmm. within the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. So it is within the Catholic Church. Yeah. So St. Ignatius of Loyola founded it in 1540. Yeah. Yeah. So the members are are all men, not being misogynic, but it's yeah. all men. Yeah. Catholic priests and religious brothers who commit their life for the church ministries, and they are called the Jesuits, like that. Yeah. Yeah. So among many ministries, I think the Jesuits are most well known for their schools and universities. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the most well known. Uh, ministries yeah and I myself first knew the Society of Jesus when I was in high school in Indonesia Mm. it is run by the Jesuits so seeing the Jesuits as persons who have intellectually who are intellectually well educated and spiritually profound people yeah I'm attracted to live like they do yeah so yeah it's fascinating so then I decided to join the Society of Jesus right after high school in 2013 Yes. by first entering the Jesuits novitiate in Indonesia. Mm. And there my formation began. So to be ordained as a Catholic priest in the Society of Jesus takes someone about 13 years of formation. Yeah. That's a long, yeah. long yeah. process. That's yeah. a kid. That's like you have a kid. That's how long that is. Or like a marriage. Or like a, a oh. committed... That's like a career. <laughs> oh my god. It wouldn't take long to have a kid. <laughs> Ermit, you need to stop messing with me. Can you imagine carrying a kid for 13 years? That would be painful. Oh! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, until they finish 13 years. They finished elementary school, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so that 30 year, 13 years, yeah. not 13. 
one three years includes two years of novitiate, two years, two or two to four years of philosophical studies. Yeah. Two or three years of regency program, in which you are sent to do a certain work, just like I did in Micronesia, like that teaching. Yeah. And then another two or three years for the theological studies, like that. So mm. after you finish those years of formation, then you are eligible to be ordained as a priest, unless you decide to be a brother within the Society of Jesus. So there are two kinds, religious brothers or priests. Uh, religious brothers are like priests. They live the same way and yeah. commit themselves for the same ministries, yet they're not ordained, so they're not able to say Mass like that. Yeah. yeah, anyway, it has been seven years since I joined. Oh so my goodness, so you're almost yeah. there. You're like, what, just, what, six like, six more years? <laughs> or is it five? Yeah, it's been long ago, <laughs> long way to go. That's not too long. I, I suck at math, but I'm just like, how many more years is that? Is it five more years? How many? Six, yeah. Six? Okay, I thought it was six. I was like, I suck at this. <laughs> no, no, but that's incredible. Five years will come and go before you know it. What? Yeah, it's for like... You're going to be a priest, man. You can you can say that you can say a blessing for me when you get there. Be like, Lord, <laughs> bless Mac because she is a waif in the wind. <laughs> oh my gosh, incredible! I love it. What else? What was the other thing I want? I I had some other interesting questions for you. Do you have, uh, what is the funniest thing that's ever happened to you because you were a, a Jesuit? Like, do you have a funny story, like some, some like mix-up or something like that? <laughs> so, uh, funny story, what is the funniest about it? I can, I can give you an example. Moments. Yeah. Probably is having more friends. Yeah. In my life like that. Oh. Uh, yeah. Aww. So we, we always live in a community like that. So the Jesuits, even though they they're not married like that. Yeah. Uh, we always live in a community because we know that we cannot live without others. We cannot live without friends. Like yeah. That. Oh, that's so it sweet. Will become unbearable. So yeah, the most, the biggest grace I have since I joined the society, I guess I have more friends. Oh, with, with whom we share our lives, we get together, we play together like that, and it's been a blessing for the pandemic that I now I'm able to return back to Jakarta and meet my friends. Yeah. Play games again. <laughs> that sounds yeah. so nice. Ho ho! Are you still playing frisbee, man? <laughs> um, you know what? Before I came to Micronesia, I never played frisbee. Oh, uh, man with man. So before I, I, in my mind, playing frisbee is like playing with a dog. Like ah. frisbee is always something we do we play yeah on the beach with a dog so yeah man with man so when the first time i saw you playing frisbee i said oh 
Oh, it's like <laughs> you play with playing mentioning others like dogs. <laughs> well, you know, I was running around like a little dog because I I was having a real hard time catching anything. Except I had less agility yeah, than a dog. Yeah. Less talent than a dog. <laughs> Less grace. Barely catch it. I could barely. <laughs> it's true, Erwin. When you become a priest, you, that's another blessing you have to pray for. Lord bless Mac with the ability to catch a frisbee, like because I can't. I suck. <laughs> that's so funny. Oh my gosh. It was so funny. People were giving me like complimentary high fives to like boost my self-esteem it was like you're doing good good job little girl you were <laughs> running around and trying that's so good you're not good at so, this <laughs> you're good even though we suck yeah no but, oh my gosh you're brutal <laughs> how could you say that to me you're supposed to be like, no, no, you were fabulous. You were doing so good. I was jealous. Oh, my no, God. People, people are good, even though they suck the things. How about that things to show? Oh, my goodness. That's so funny. Oh, my goodness. So we're about to wrap this um, interview, um, but I can continue to talk to you offline because, um, but the video, I mean, the, not the video, the... <laughs> podcast is approaching the 45 minute mark but you've been like an incredible radio guest and i'd love to have you again and we could even try to do a two-part um episode because you're just really full of information this is why i used to love to hang out with you guys because you guys are just full of like information about philosophy and the world and the and religion and just stuff about people, and you have candy, and paper, and pens, and if you're an adult child, that's all it takes to make you want to stay somewhere. Paper, and pens, and candy, you can draw stick figures and eat at the same time. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I don't say candy, please. It's yeah. mainly sugars. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, you re- do you remember? So this is, I think this is how I'm going to close this segment and then I'll keep talking to you at, um, off offline. But um, uh-uh. do you remember showing everyone Parasite? So that that's, I think, one of my favorite, besides you slapping me in the airport and, um, and giving me that tiny piece of paper at breakfast, um, if you remember, one of my favorite memories of you is um, you showing everyone Parasite when we were in Micronesia in the workroom. Because I watched the movie for 10 minutes, then my ADHD made me get up and leave and do I don't even remember what. When I came back like 40 minutes later, everyone was shaken to their core because everyone in the movie started dying gruesome and bloody deaths. And the movie had started out so hopeful and happy. And I was just like, wow, of course Erwin would do that. That's... (laughs) I told you, it's it's one of the best movie uh, human ever made. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it, it, it won Cannes festivals, and then yeah. two months ago, it won also the, the Oscar yeah. prize, right? Yeah. Oh my god. I see, I have to watch it, so that's, that is gonna you be... Have to, yeah. I have to watch it. I have to see how this family devolves into 
just yeah. a terrible end. Oh my gosh. Cause they were so happy in the beginning. They really were. Yeah. Um, but oh, it, it, it's very tense movie though. Yeah. yeah. Make sure you stay, your psyche is still intact afterwards. Ah! <laughs> yeah, I was shaken to my core. Oh my God. That is so yeah, funny. Oh, that just killed me. But I think it's, it's more imp- interesting to know more about the social background that the movie depicts like that. Yeah. The social gap in South Korea. Yeah. That's oh. why it has a strong message more than just the tensity of it. Hmm. And as well, the, yeah, the bloody killing in it. <laughs> You're incredible, Erwin. And on that note, I'm going to wrap and keep talking to you offline so this has been brother Irwin from the society of jesus and thank you for tuning into my podcast i will wrap things up in a bit thank you stay healthy stay strong yes all right guys it's been mac and it's a wrap okay until next time good night